Good morning, church. Uh, today we'll be reading uh, Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. Uh, if you're using the church Bible, it will be in page 857. And before I read, let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words. Um, we thank you um, yeah, that we're able to read your words today and May you use the word to inspire us, encourage us, and shape us in our walk. Pray this in Jesus' name. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Uh, well, good, good morning. Uh, my name's uh, Paul. It's really great uh, to be here this morning. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, so if it's your first time, or even if you're here over East, I was actually at home uh, sick and isolating, so it's really good to be back here. Uh, whenever I'm away from the body, you realize uh, how great it is to gather, really. When you're away, I feel like you realize that even more. Um, so, yeah, it'd be great to keep that part of the Bible open as we dig into it this morning. If you've been here over the last five years, that's how long we've been journeying through the Gospel of Matthew, not like uh, every day throughout the five years, but January and February and March, usually for the last five years, we've been journeying through it. So it's exciting to uh, get to the end here and hear Jesus' final words to his disciples. I'm excited to think about these words with us this morning. So um, how about I pray for God's help and then we'll um, yeah, dig into it. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we praise you for your word and we pray now that your word, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would transform our hearts and lives to be more in line with what captures your heart. And we pray this for your glory. Amen. Uh, well, what is something worth giving your life to? Uh, for the world-famous uh, Leonardo da Vinci, uh, he gave his life to making art. Uh, from the age of 14, he drew, he sketched, he painted. Uh, his purpose of life uh, was to create masterpieces. All right? Uh, his art, some, you know, I can see some faces lighting up. You know, maybe you've got some, you know, replica uh, paintings of da Vinci at home. Uh, but his, his art has long captured uh, people's imaginations worldwide. Uh, there's a, one of his most famous paintings uh, is called the Salvador Mundi. There's a picture, sorry about the lighting, doesn't fully capture it. Uh, but this was painted around the 1500s uh, and was sold, the original was sold back in 2017 for an astounding 500 million US dollars. Da Vinci gave everything to his art. Arguably his most famous painting, the Mona Lisa, uh, is housed in the Louvre Gallery in Paris. And each year it's estimated that 10 million people go and visit this painting. He gave everything to his art. He oozed it. You know, everything he did was to create art. But you know uh, what Da Vinci's you know, assessment of his life was? 
Uh, you know, I think it'd be easy for us to look and go, man, he lived a worthwhile life. You know, we're reaping the benefits of his life, aren't we? But you know what he said? He said, I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. By da Vinci's own assessment of his life, he'd been a failure. He hadn't lived up to his own expectations. He hadn't achieved all he wanted to achieve. He gave his whole life to creating art and it left him empty and unsatisfied. So let me ask you, what are you giving your life to? What thing of worth or value are you living for? Because we're all living for something, aren't we? Whether it be our job, our family, uh, maybe it's the next holiday or hobby that we invest so much time. What are you giving your life to? What does your diary, your bank account, the choices you make each day reveal about what you value? Whatever your answer is to that question, the question is, are those things worth giving your life to? For da Vinci, he gave his whole life to his career. And no matter how great he got, it was never enough. And pursuing things of this world is never going to fully satisfy because we were made to live for something far greater. We were made to live in relationship with God. We were made to live for him. The good news for us this morning is, in these final words, Jesus gives us a mission worth giving our life to. He gives us a mission that has eternal significance, that goes beyond our lifetime. He gives us a mission, if we truly understand these words of his, will shape every hour of every day for the rest of our lives. And did you see this mission? He says it there in verse 19. He says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Do you see the mission Jesus gives his followers here? He says, go to the world and seek and save the lost. We're all searching for meaning and purpose and to be part of something that really matters. And Jesus says, this mission is worth giving your life to. This is something that really matters. Some of you might say, why? Why is this worth it? Well, it's because of whose words these are. These are Jesus' words. This is his mission. Uh, just before these final words of him, of his, uh, Jesus has died and then risen and rose to life three days later. And he appeared to the women at his tomb and now he appears to his disciples. This mission of Jesus is worth giving your life to because he has defeated sin and death. He holds the keys to eternal life. He is the hope of the world. And he says, go tell the world. The question is, if you're someone here today who loves and follows Jesus, are you giving your life to this mission? Well, that's what we're going to think about today. We're going to dig into these words and we're going to see three truths. If you do grasp them, will actually radically shape what you give your life to. We're going to see that Jesus lived his life for the lost. Then we see our life should be marked by going and making disciples of Jesus. And then we're going to thirdly see our life is to be marked by a comfort and reassurance that comes from Jesus. So firstly, Jesus' life was lived for the lost. I wonder when you 
When you think of Jesus and his life, I wonder what do you reckon was at the forefront of his mind? What was the thing that got Jesus out of bed in the morning? Well, throughout Matthew's gospel, we've seen his life was lived with compassion and love for the lost. Over and over again, as we've journeyed through Matthew's gospel, we've seen his heart go out to the lowly, the outcast, the downtrodden. His heart ached for those who are lost and living independently from God. One such account was in Matthew 9. I think it will come up on the screen. It says there, Jesus went throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus looked at the people of his day and saw them as they truly were, harassed and helpless, lost without any hope in the world. And what was Jesus' immediate reaction to them? It was one of love and overwhelming compassion. Jesus' life was lived with the lost and lived for the lost. Jesus' most natural posture to the world, it's not a pointed finger, but one of open arms. Arms ready to embrace any who will turn to him. Uh, In the book, um, Gentle and Lowly, this posture of Jesus is described beautifully. It says, says this. It says, when Jesus Christ sees the fallenness of the world all about him, his deepest impulse, his most natural instinct is to move towards that sin and suffering, not away from it. They're beautiful words, aren't they? Jesus lived his life for the lost. And we ultimately see this and what happened on the cross, where he laid down his life for the lost. He laid down his life for each of us who have lived life our way rather than his. He laid down his life out of love. Without his death, we'd still be lost and without hope before God. This heart of Jesus is the very nature of God. God does not take pleasure in the death of a sinner. He wants all to turn to him and receive life and forgiveness with Jesus. So if you're here today and you haven't yet accepted Jesus into your life, why not start that relationship today? Why don't come to him and say, thank you for dying in my place. Start learning what it means to have life with Jesus. Or if you're here and you still have questions about Jesus, I'd say we're so glad you're here. It's not an unusual thing to have questions or doubts about Jesus. Did you see that in our passage in verse 17? When the disciples saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. It's not uncommon to have questions or doubts about Jesus. The key thing is, what are you doing with them? And the best thing to do, the best thing is to look into the Bible and see what it says about Jesus. The best thing to do is to go to Jesus with your doubts. If that's, you know, if you're interested Um, Claire's already given a plug for, you know, our Bible study, which is, you know, exploring questions about Jesus. That's something you're interested in. There's nothing more we'd rather do than explore uh, your questions and doubts and uh, explore the claims of who Jesus is. Jesus' heart is full of love for the lost. 
I wonder, do you love who Jesus loves? If you know and have received the love of Jesus, do you have his love for the lost? A few weeks ago, I was at the Cooper Duper Festival uh, down on Cuba Street uh, and saw some friends performing, some, you know, uh, they were in a, a dance group going around the streets dancing. Um, and as I was there, this passage was on my mind. I was thinking about it. And so I took a picture of um, the crowds in front of me uh, down the street. I wonder when you see those people, those crowds, I wonder what do you see? Do you see just people just enjoying their day, you know, with their health and wealth and not a worry in the world? Or do you see them the way Jesus does? Is your heart overcome with longing for the many people in those crowds who are risking an eternity without Jesus? Who are heading towards hell because they're living independently from God? What about the people in your life? Does your heart long for them to come to know and love Jesus? Do you look at all those in your life and see them the way Jesus does, as lost and in need of a saviour? One um, old preacher named John Chapman, he used to say, if your heart doesn't weep for the lost, you probably haven't grasped Jesus' heart for the lost. Jesus wants all to turn to him and receive the free gift of forgiveness and life with God. Everything Jesus did, the reason he came into the earth was for this mission, to save lives. And his mission didn't stop at his death. He rose from the grave, appears to his disciples. The risen reigning Jesus tells his followers what is worth giving your life to. And he tells us the first thing is that our life is to be marked by going and making disciples. Let's have a look at verse 19. Uh, Jesus says this. He says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. If we have tasted and seen who Jesus is throughout the Gospel of Matthew, a clear implication is that we ought to be going making disciples. Jesus here is passing the baton of his mission onto his followers. And these words of Jesus here, they're not just for his first disciples. As they went and made disciples, they would have handed on this teaching to go and make more disciples. To be a disciple is to be a disciple maker. This isn't just, you know, for the leaders of the church, the people who think they're gifted in disciple making. This is for everyone. This is everyone who loves and knows Jesus. So a good question then is, like, what is a disciple? Well, literally the, the word disciple means learner. So a disciple is, is someone who seeks to learn, obey, and follow Jesus. This is a lifelong learning of following Jesus. So Jesus here is saying to us, if you're a disciple of his, those of you who have heard and understood his words, where to get on with this mission of making more disciples? And what does it look like to make disciples? Well, there's only one way disciples are made, and it's by the person we proclaim. Someone becomes a disciple through the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus. That's the way someone can be saved. It's by trusting in his death and resurrection to save them from their sins. 
This is like the first and foundational truth someone learns about Jesus, that he is their saviour. Making disciples is always about proclaiming Jesus. The Apostle Paul declares this truth in, in Romans 1.16. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's the message of Jesus. Because the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Paul is saying that the message of Jesus has the power to change and transform lives. I wonder, do you actually believe that? Do you believe that the message of Jesus' life, death and resurrection is the message your friends and family need to hear? No one is too far from God's grace. For thousands and thousands of years, this message has been transforming and changing lives of all people from all walks of life all around the globe. A few weeks ago at night church, I was um, interviewing someone about uh, why they uh, seek to be part of people's stories and them coming to know Jesus. And she said the main thing that drives them to share Jesus with others is that she's convinced that the message of Jesus is good news. Are you convinced that the message of Jesus is the good news our world desperately needs to hear? This news is eternity-changing news. It's the glorious news that God, as a man, stepped into the world to die in our place. But he didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave and now offers eternal life and forgiveness to all who receive Jesus. And did you see how far and wide Jesus wants this disciple-making mission, this news to be shared? Did you see it there in verse 19? He says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. This is a huge scope to this mission, isn't it? Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. That's not just the people like us. This isn't just the people we like or the places where it's safest. It's not just the people who agree with us. Jesus says, go to all people. And we're to teach them, did you see, to obey everything Jesus said. Jesus wants us to be wholehearted in our disciple making, wholehearted that we leave no stone unturned, no nation not pursued, no people left out. Jesus is not content until his mission reaches every person on the globe. We're to be wholehearted also in what we teach. Do you see that there? He says, teach them everything I've said. We don't just pick and choose the parts we like of his words. We teach them the full counsel of his word. We want every area of people's lives to be shaped by Jesus' word. This is a mission worth giving your life to. But maybe you're sitting there thinking, what right does Jesus have uh, to, to tell his disciples to go to all nations to teach people to obey him. Seems a little bit, you know, exclusive, Jesus. Well, have a look there with me at, at verse 18. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus here is making a huge statement. 
It's a statement about who he is. He is saying that there is no country, no culture, not one person on the face of the earth who is outside of his authority. The risen Jesus is king over every heart and every home. Throughout the, Matthew, throughout the Gospel of Matthew, we've seen glimpses of this authority. As he, you know, uh, calmed the storm with a word. As he, any sickness that was brought to him, he was able to heal in an instant. But here, the resurrected, death-defeating Jesus is given all authority. He is the risen and reigning king of the world. He wants all people to recognize him for who he is. To come to recognize him as the good and gracious king, the one who gave his life for them. He wants all people to come to be his disciples. And how is this message of Jesus going to go? How is all people going to hear about it? It's by us going. He says it there, doesn't he? Jesus says, go and make disciples. Now, can you imagine with me, just after Jesus gives these final words, uh, he ascends to heaven uh, to be with his heavenly father uh, and the angels. They greet him when he enters heaven and they say to him, Jesus, welcome. You know what you did down there on earth? Incredible. How you died and then rose to life again? Truly amazing. And then they, they say to him, Jesus, we're ready. We're ready to, you know, to, 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 to do the next part of your mission. Jesus, you know, after all, our, our name does mean messenger. Then Jesus looks at them and he says, guys, there's no need. You see those guys down there on that hill? They're going to take my message to the world. The angels looking at Jesus, not really fathoming what you know, he's saying. They say, Jesus, aren't you worried? Aren't you worried they're going to botch it up? Are they really up to the task, Jesus? Then Jesus calmly says to them, guys, they're the ones I've chosen to take my message to the world. They've got it. Jesus' mission to go and make disciples of all nations incredibly includes us. And it's by us going and proclaiming the good news of Jesus that his kingdom will grow. The question is, are you going? Are you going and sharing this good news of Jesus with those around you? Maybe you're wondering, what does going look like? Well, I think firstly, going is the opposite of of staying. We're not to be sitting back and waiting for people to come to us. We're to be proactively going and sharing the news of Jesus. And when I think of what it looks like to go, I think of the many people across City on a Hill who are going and proactive in making disciples. I think of this past week as the, the team of kids' church leaders ran Superhero Mania. The whole point of that was to be making disciples of these young kids, to be reaching those you know, who don't know Jesus. I think of the youth group kid uh, who's a part of church who each week hops onto the bus, keen to share and invite her friends to youth group on a Friday night to hear about Jesus. I think of the, the man uh, who, who starts each day by praying for his work colleagues, praying that God would save them, praying that God would give him opportunities to, to share about Jesus in his workplace, and then, throughout the day, seeks those opportunities out. I think of the, the woman who, in her lunch break, uh, you know, goes and reads the Bible with someone who's keen to explore the claims of Jesus. 
I think of the mum at the school gate who goes each day, you know, doesn't just sit there on her phone. She goes to connect with the other mums, to build genuine relationships so that over time she can invite them to hear about Jesus. I think of the uni student, part of Night Church, who's looking for ways for us as a church to, to go into his hall to run the life course so all those students there can hear about Jesus. Let me ask you, do you wake each morning thinking today, today is another day to go and make disciples of Jesus? Do you wake thinking today is the day I can be part of someone's story of them coming to know and love Jesus for the first time? I can see someone going from death to life, from being lost to embracing Jesus. Or I wonder, did you just wake each day thinking, you know, about the tasks that you need to do that day? What assignments you need to do? What jobs you need to do at work? What things need to be done around the home? Giving your life to going and making disciples of Jesus is far, a far greater worth than anything else we could do in our lifetime. The question is, are you going? Is your diary marked with moments each day, each week, where you're going and intentionally looking for ways to make disciples? Now, I reckon some of you might be sitting there thinking, this call to go and make disciples seems a bit overwhelming. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, Paul, you've got no idea what my workplace is like. Well, if you're feeling overwhelmed or maybe even a, some, a sense of guilt or afraid, you need to hear Jesus' final words to us. Have a look there in verse 20. Jesus says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. As we go and make disciples, our life is to be marked by a comfort and a reassurance that comes from Jesus. We've got nothing to fear as we go and make disciples. The one who has all authority in heaven and on earth is with us as we go. He gives us the message to proclaim. He gives us the Holy Spirit to embolden us, empower us to share that message. And we need to remember, Jesus uses imperfect people to take his message to the world. Think about the disciples for a moment. Only a few days earlier, they were abandoning Jesus as he went to the cross. But they went from that to going and proclaiming his message to the world. Do you think it was easy for them? I don't think so. Most of them actually died in sharing the good news of Jesus. But they knew the mission of Jesus to go and make disciples was worth giving their whole lives to. They knew it was worth giving up everything so that the lost received eternal life. They knew Jesus gave his all to this mission. So how could they give anything less? What is something worth giving your life to? Well, the only answer is this mission of Jesus. To go and make disciples. These are Jesus' final words to us in the Gospel of Matthew. And they kind of urge us in light of everything we've seen of who Jesus is, how he lived, how he died, how he rode, rose. They urge us 
Are we going to take up his mission? Are we going to go and seek and save the lost? Let's pray that we be a church that loves the lost like Jesus and who gives everything to making disciples of him. Let's pray.